2: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. It's a football Friday, our last podcast of the week before Sunday's game at Lambeau Field between the Lions and the Packers. And we will talk uh, a lot of Lions here today. We got locked on Lions, Matt Darion, for a weekly Behind Enemy Lions segment. First, before we get into that stuff, though, a couple house cleaning items. First, the injury report from Thursday, not especially promising. Rebay still without five of its top, I don't know, 14, 15 defensive guys, with uh, Sam Shields still with a concussion, Clay Matthews with ankle and hamstring, and then uh, defensive tackle Latroy Guyon, safety Morgan Burnett. And uh, defensive and outside linebacker, defensive tackle, elephant, <laughs> dayton Jones. Um, McCarthy didn't seem overly worried just yet. It was Thursday last we talked to him. We'll talk to him talk to him here later today, and we'll get an injury report on Friday afternoon. We'll have that at PackerReport.com. Also, uh, starting right guard T.J. Lang missed practice as well with an injured hip. Um, I asked offensive line coach James Campin about him yesterday, and he didn't seem he didn't seem too concerned, but. You know he's he's also not the spokesman for injuries too. So I maybe he's, we'll we'll, uh, guess we'll get a better feeling on that when the injury report comes out today. Um, also, just to remind you, I'll have the world's best preview up at packerreport.com. Hopefully tonight, if not tonight, Saturday morning. Tons of news, notes, and quotes that I guarantee you won't find anywhere else. And one thing I'm going to do, I haven't done it yet, so I, I can't even really tease it. But you know, one thing McCarthy said this week, and I asked him about it again, followed up on a, a day later. McCarthy said he's not interested in being number one in the NFL in scoring. He's more interested this year in winning time of possession and field position and having the offense, defense, and special teams kind of all play together as one. So I'm going to dig into those numbers and see if there's and see what kind of correlation there is between those, between field position and, and uh, time of possession to see if there's some sort of magical formula there that he's found. So that's, that's my research assignment for this week. I have no idea what I'm going to find, so it'll be interesting. With that... We bring on Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, to talk about today's game. And uh, I think, Matt, let's just get going with this. Fire away. How you doing, Matt?
0: Doing well, doing well. Uh, how about the Packet 1-1? One one? What's, what's the vibe up there in uh, Ashwaubenon right
2: now? It is doom and gloom because they lost to the Vikings on a Sunday night where an offense that used to score, I mean, heck, these guys led the NFL in scoring in 2011 and 2014, and now they can't get out of their own way. Um, Rogers is a two-time MVP, and all of a sudden he is—he's like tw- he's 22nd in passer rating, and Green Bay's 31st in passing yard. So it is doom and gloom. And um, you know, I I don't know—I honestly don't know what's wrong. I mean, he just looks like it's, it looks like a bad offense and a bad quarterback, and I'm not sure how they get it turned around here in uh, in a hurry.
0: Are, are people turning on Rodgers and think that maybe he's lost it? What's what's going on there?
2: Well, I don't think they've gone quite that far, but it, it is concerning where. You know that looks like passes that he used to make in his sleep. He's throwing a complete, completions on. There's you know there's guys on occasion that are running open and does, that he doesn't see. He looks at times like he's got happy feet. You know then there then there are other times too where he makes unbelievable throws. You know the, you know in the Vikings game he's under pressure steps in the pocket and throws a 39 yard laser to Jordy Nelson. So it's uh it's confusing because he looks great at times and he looks lousy at times and it's kind of basically a mirror of the offense. Bill Huber with us, locked on Packers host,
0: PackerReport.com. You mentioned Jordy Nelson. How healthy is he? And how much is this uh, bill the product of guys around him? Any lengthy, not being in shape last year, looks better this year, but is it that he just doesn't have the
2: weapons? I know Adams isn't what he was supposed to be. How much is it the supporting cast? Well, that's what I thought it was last year. In fact, I was convinced of it last year that, you know, in 2014, Jordy Nelson scored more touchdowns of 59-plus yards, and 31 or 30 of the other 31 teams had 59-yard passing plays, period, whether they scored or not. So he was a one-man big play, and without him, they lost that big play element, and I thought, you know, look, you don't, you don't have to go to the defensive coordinator school to figure this out. If, if you can't throw the ball deep, you, you choke off the line of scrimmage so that you, you take away the underneath stuff, and, and you can take away the running game as well without really... Without, you know, basically, you're killing two birds with one stone. So I was just absolutely convinced... That was the problem. Well, Nelson's back, and I don't think he's 100%. I mean, he doesn't run like he used to. That'll probably come in time. I mean, at least that's the hope. But, yeah, I thought for sure the return of Nelson, that and the uh, signing of tight end Jared Cook, was kind of like an Eric Ebron guy who can you know stretch the field and make defenses pay for, for getting too close to the line of scrimmage. You know, that, so far, that hasn't panned out. I mean, it's two games. I mean, he might catch 10 passes this week for all I know. But, like I said, I thought the addition of Cook and the return of Nelson would fix all that, and so far it has not. You know, I think in Detroit, certainly Lions
0: fans, and heck myself, very concerned Sunday that Rodgers will pick it up because the Lions have not been able to use, to guard a tight end and cover a tight end to save their lives the first two weeks. And then you're talking about Cook and also Richard Rodgers, who of course was the hero of last year's Hail Mary game. Um, how much of the Packers talking about maybe exposing that weakness in the middle of the field and going to their tight end
2: this week? Well, it's funny you said that because McCarthy this week said that they need to attack the middle of the field more. Um, I was doing some research this morning. Green Bay is has thrown the most passes to the left side of the field of anybody in the NFL, and they're toward the bottom in, in, in the middle of the field passing game. So I, I think just from a, uh, you know, from a self scout perspective, I think they need to attack the middle of the field more. And you know, Coach Mike McCarthy said for years that you know the, the fastest way to the end zone is the middle of the field. So I, I think that is a focus. Um, with or without uh, that weakness that you mentioned, but I, I think, especially against I me, mean, look at you, your linebacker corps a, a mess right now. And, you know, they, they got the one good safety. Um, you can tell us more about that here, but I, I would think that's a place where you have to go attack.
0: Well, I think there's any question that the Lions don't have DeAndre Levy Sunday, which it sounds like they won't. You're right, Glover Quinn's going to really have to come from a lot of ground because so far, you know, week one Jack Doyle and Dwayne Allen killed them an in Indian, and last week Delaney Walker did damage against them. Ha!
2: How, how's Jared Cook look first the first couple of weeks, and how much is Aaron Rodgers uh, relying on him? Yeah, really hasn't done much the first two weeks. He caught a couple passes against the Vikings. One was a third and 11, which he caught the ball for 11 yards and then ran backward for a yard and got tackled. Never good. They made a nice catch on a really, really bad throw by Rodgers late in, the, late in the game. So he hasn't done much, but he was terrific in training camp. Made some big plays in the preseason. I, I, it's two games. I'm not going to say this Cook signing isn't going to pan out because I, I – I predict before the year that he'd be a Pro Bowl player. I'm not, I'm not going to back off that. He's really, really good. I just, I just think they got to get him the ball, I th- and I think they need to make a concerted effort to get him the ball. Wow. Bill, Huber with us from Lockdown
0: Packers, live from the Green Bay here as we talk about this on Lockdown Lions. Matt, Gary, with you, Lions and Packers, of course, from Lambeau Sunday. It was interesting, Bill, Um Jim call was asked
2: earlier this week about what did it mean to get that win at Lambeau last year, and he was like, what are you going to talk about last year? <laughs> yeah, same same dust in, in the conference call, by the way.
0: <laughs> Has anybody talked in Green Bay, in the green and gold, about, about hey, we don't
2: want to lose two in a row at home to these guys? No, that's uh, not a focus here either. I mean, their, their sole focus is not losing two in a row, period, and, and getting back on track. This is weird. The, the Packers have a four-game homestand. I looked it up this morning. This is the first for the Packers since 1963. Yeah, I'm not sure when the last time anybody in the NFL has played four in a row at home. So this is a really good chance for Green Bay to get this mess on offense figured out. because They're going to have the home crowd. They'll have, you know, obviously the the, the, uh, the noise won't be a factor. I think I think it's a chance to get into a groove. And I think so. I think this is a huge four game stretch for this team. What about defensively?
0: I, I caught a lot of the game last Sunday night against the Vikings, and I know Demarius Randall the cornerback, was lauded for his play in week one, and in week two, he just got absolutely destroyed, like Stephon Diggs. I see a secondary that's
2: the same as it's been the last couple of years, not very good. What do you see? Yeah, up and down, they played, you know, the, the numbers against Jacksonville were pretty big, but, you know, I, th- I thought Green Bay handled that pretty well. I mean, they shut down Allen Robinson, was a really, really good player. Um, Demarius Randall shut him down pretty well. You know, there's a big play to that tight end, I mean, but otherwise, I think they, they did pretty well there. Last week was horrible. You know, I think you run the risk when you play a team like the Vikings. That's you know, obviously it's all hands on deck to stop Peterson. That you're probably going to allow some of that, but you know, Diggs is going to be a really good player. But to give up that kind of production to Sam Bradford, who have been with the team for 15 days, not good. And then you know, the, if you're Green Bay, I think what gives you some hope here is I mean, you're not going to focus on the running game, and we'll get into that shortly here. But I mean, you're not going to fix fixate on the Lions' running game. But by the same token. You know, the Vikings had, they have Diggs and Titan and Kyle Rudolph. The Jaguars have Allen Hurts and Allen Robinson and Julius Simmons. They had three guys to throw the ball to. You guys got five guys to throw the ball to. So I, I think that's the the problem spot is they have so many weapons that you can't go isolate on one. And then their star cornerback, Sam Shields, missed last week with a concussion and is sitting a specialist this week. So I, you know, I'm going to assume he's not going to play, but that's just an assumption. So I bet you're... Look, Calvin Johnson might not be there, and Sam Shields did very well against Calvin over the years, but you don't want to have your top corner out when you've got uh, that that passing because Stafford's got a lot of weapons. I
0: was going to ask you about that. Where where, where should Stafford and the Lions offense uh, look to feast? Certainly in week one, they knew that the Colts linebackers weren't very good. They went to Riddick and a a lot of the backfield. If you're you're a Jim Bob Cooter, what do you do against Green Bay's defense?
2: You know, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to go test the hot hand. Um, you know, how, how does Randall bounce back? I don't know. In the first game, Quentin Rounds, their other starting cornerback, um, he, he had a rough game against Jacksonville, got benched, came back and really helped win that football game. And, you know, he was a non-factor against the Vikings because the Vikings didn't throw at him. So I'd, I'd, I'd want to see how he's going to react. Um, if Shields is going to play their number three cornerback, it's Ladarius Gunter. He might be a guy who goes up against Bolden because he's their big physical guy but he's also an undrafted rookie from last year, so I'm, I might want to go spread the ball around for the first quarter, quarter and a half, and see what you got, and then go from there.
0: Bill here, Lockdown Packers with me. Alliance and Pack, of course, Sunday at Lambeau. Run defense looks good. D-line, uh, you know, certainly held Adrian Peterson in check before he got hurt last Sunday. It seems to me with Guyon and some others that the, the middle of that D-line is not an issue. That's a strength, is it not?
2: Well, it has been, and it, it's interesting. I mean, I... Clearly I was wrong on this. I thought D-line was going to be a huge problem. I picked Jacksonville to win one week one because I thought their backs of uh, Ivory and Yellow would, would run them over while well, obviously Ivory didn't play. But you know Green Bay enters this season with two guys who've ever played. And that's Mike Daniels and LaTroy Guyon. Their number three guy, Mike Pinnell, suspended. B.J. Raji, retired. You know I thought this was going to be a huge problem for them because they're counting on the two veterans. Then it's first round pick Kenny Clark, fourth round pick Dean Lowry, and then a uh, a kid who spent last year in the practice squad, Christian, Christian Ringo, and that's all they had. And I thought it'd be a big problem spot. <laughs> shows, shows what I know, right? I mean, they're they're number one in the NFL in run defense. They're number one in yards per carry. I mean, they've there are uh, of the other thirty one teams, twenty nine or twenty eight have allowed more than twice as many yards per carry as Green Bay has. So I mean, Green Bay is, is leading both carrier categories by a mile. But but Guyon's, I assume Guyan's not going to play with with a knee sprain and. Dayton Jones, who's mostly outside linebackers, but playing D-line by necessity. You know, he didn't practice yesterday. I mean, so, I mean, they're down to Daniels, the two draft picks, and and the practice squad guy for four. And that's that's a glaring weakness. This portion of Locked on Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com. Packer Report members get 10% discounts on tickets and gear. Plus, get my exclusive content, such as the famous World's Best Preview before the game, Maybe buy the numbers and play the game breakdowns after the game. And if your business would like to reach out to Packers fans, you really should consider sponsoring this podcast, which had unbelievable growth in the past week. Email me at PackRider 2002 at Yahoo.com for demographic and pricing information. And you know, really email me anytime at PackRider two thousand two at yahoo.com. You know if you got questions or whatever that maybe I can uh hit on the podcast, you know, let me know, okay? Love to hear from you. All right, this is Bill Huber from Lockdown Packers talking to Matt Derry from Lockdown Lions for our weekly Behind Enemy Lions podcast. Matt, what are the Lions doing so well on offense considering you lose Calvin Johnson, obviously a big blow, you would think, but it just seems like uh, you know all things are as usual for Matt Stafford.
1: Um, you know, Bill, I think so far so good for this offense. I think mean, the offensive line has been better than people think. There are a lot of weapons for Stafford. Uh, to work with, especially with Theo Riddick out of the backfield has been fantastic and really uh, a huge key for them. Eric Ebron has improved as a third-year tight end, has all of a sudden become a pretty main target, and the wide receiving core is pretty good. You throw in Anquan Bolden now, along with Marvin Jones from the Bengals, a pretty big time free agent signee, and, and Golden Tate's always solid, so all of a sudden there's, there's plenty to work with for Stafford, but you know, the big key for Sunday and really moving forward is the loss of Amir Abdullah, really the The one home run hitting threat, the big speed guy that they had in the backfield to go with Theo Riddick, now out six to eight weeks after having a foot surgery, so that's a key loss going into this game.
2: See, what do you think they do there? Obviously, Riddick's been a terrific pass catcher, really never runs the ball all that often. Um, Washington is a guy I thought the Packers might draft because he's a a big, talented guy. What, What do you think they do there? Yeah, I think you're going to see a steady diet of Riddick and Dwayne Washington.
1: I think uh, the rookie seventh round pick is going to get every opportunity to, to get some carries. The the issue certainly with him in college and the reason why he slid the draft was fumbles. Uh, so here it is, you know, Lambeau Field, tough place to play. He's got to hold on to the football when he gets his opportunities, but he showed in the preseason that he can really run. Not just a big guy, but has a lot of speed. So. Uh, I, would, I would expect to see him on kick returns, and I would expect to see him uh, plenty out on the field uh, with the first-team offense.
2: Um, you, you hit on that offensive line a while ago. Um, a, how good is that group right now? Then I'll follow up with something on, on that in a second. But how, how good is that group right now?
1: Right now it's playing better than anybody expected. Uh, going into the season, the biggest concern for fans, and certainly I think for people on the inside, was how good can this offensive line be, and can it gel? Uh, you're talking about Taylor Decker as a first-round pick, but it's a rookie left tackle protecting Stafford's backside. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson at guard was a huge disappointment as a rookie first-round pick last year. Travis Swanson at center, shaky at best, um, going into this season. And literally, Larry Warford, after a great rookie year at right guard, kind of has been disappointing. And Riley Reef was sort of demoted from left tackle to right tackle, so... People were very concerned about it in the preseason. Uh, Stafford got hit a few times. Uh, passes were batted down. Run game was very spotty in the preseason, so everybody went, and they're not going to be able to push any bodies back. And yet, first couple of weeks, has uh, been okay for this offensive line. They've been better than I think anybody expected.
2: So long term, what what do you think that you might have there? You know, my my, my good friend and colleague from ESPN, Rob Damoski, he did a, a story about a week or so ago where, you know, if you're a first round pick, you got one point. If you're a second round pick, you got two points all the way on through an undrafted free agent. You got eight looking at O lines and Detroit, based on his little system, there has the, uh, you know, spent basically the third most resources on their line with, with what, three first runners and two thirds. They're all young yet. So, you know, can, can those guys turn into a real dominant line? Do you think if you have you seen enough there?
1: I, I'm not ready to say that. I, I'm not sure, Bill, that they're going to dominate anytime soon. I think it's been a pleasant surprise the first couple of weeks. Again, uh, like we talked about on, on my podcast uh, earlier today, when you joined me, Jarrell Casey's really the one guy that they faced the first two weeks between the Colts and Titans combined that was a real threat. When they're, when they're going to play twice a year against Minnesota, how are they going to do against uh, Everson Griffin and, and Brian Robeson, guys that really got in Aaron Rodgers' face last week? And you know, this week, if you have healthy, some of your healthy guys, Mike Daniels, I mean, we'll see how they do. Uh, with that being said, nobody's really blitzed them yet. They've, they've been better. Uh, Taylor Decker was shaky in the preseason. So far, first couple of games, he hasn't been too bad. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Larry Warfare, right guard. I think he's the best guy they have there. But remember, uh, Bob Quinn, the new general manager, he can broom out whoever he wants now after this season because really the only guy on that line that's really his guy is Taylor Decker. He drafted. Graham Glasgow is a center of the future in the mid rounds. He hasn't played yet. Joe Dahl's also a late round pick. So he he took three O linemen in this draft. Uh, one is playing right now in Decker.
2: How about tight end? Um, yeah, I remember in that fourteen draft, Green Bay needed a tight end. I think a lot of fans wanted Eric Ebron. Obviously, they didn't take him, and he went up in Detroit. You know, it seems like it's been an inconsistency. What what have you seen there? And is he maybe taking a step forward this year?
1: He has. Um, you know, he, he can bother and annoy media and fans with some of his antics, whether it's tweeting out something about how great he is or, or, or saying something in the media, uh lashing back at some fans on, on social media. Yet this year he's made some tremendous plays. He was not healthy in the preseason. got healthy for week one, made plays against the Colts. Last week nearly saved the game against the Titans on the last drive with a terrific one-handed grab. uh, uh, of a pass, I thought he had a clean touchdown this past Sunday against Tennessee. They called him for a push off. Thought it was a terrible call. Uh, he's been a nice surprise and, and a big target. And really, his issue the first two weeks or first two seasons coming into the league was was, was dropping the football. And he's held on to everything this year, so he continues playing as well as he has. Uh, that's a much needed uh, piece. <clears throat> excuse me on that offense for Matt Stafford again. This is a guy that was drafted ahead of Aaron Donald, ahead of Zach Martin, guys that really Odell Beckham, guys that really the Lions could have had and and passed up, so he's already disappointing from that standpoint, but that's not his fault. I
0: think he's played pretty well this year.
2: This is Bill Huber from Lockdown Packers talking to Matt Derry from Lockdown Lions. One more offense question. You know, If you look at the numbers since uh, Jim Caldwell made the change to Jim Bob Cooter as the uh, offensive coordinator, it's been night and day. What's What's gone right there from that perspective?
0: You know, I,
1: I think with, uh, with, with Jim Bob Cooter, he's sped up the offense a bit. There's been a lot more no huddle. I think Matt Stafford is much more comfortable with, with, with Jim Bob than he was with Joe Lombardi, the previous offensive coordinator. And it's funny, when Stafford was with Scott Linehan at first, uh, they really meshed well. Stafford had good numbers. Then under Lombardi, it was a disaster. And Stafford was mm-hmm. past, and now he's kind of back playing the type of football that a number one overall pick in his eight years should be playing. So I I just think the relationship there is pretty good. He was the quarterback's coach before he took over as offensive coordinator last year. and Stafford looks in really good shape. He looks confident. Uh, The issue is going to be now, will there be a run game behind him with Abdullah injured? And uh, I'm not so sure there will be, and that's kind of when they force him to throw 35, 40 times a game, and that never seems to end well.
2: No Ziggy Ansah. I'm assuming on Sunday. So where does where does uh, where does Detroit get their their pass rush? That's bad news. You know, back to back days. He hasn't practiced.
1: He's getting his uh, ankle looked at. A second opinion. That's not a good sign. Right. Uh, without him, you know, I think the D line is deep. I like Wallace Gilberry. I like Devin Taylor. I like um, some of the new guys that have gotten opportunities uh, to play. But. No, Ziggy's clearly the best pass rusher, but really, the first two games he hasn't he hasn't done much. I uh, didn't think he had a very good second half uh, in Week One at Indy, and in the last week he only played three plays and then got hurt. So this has has not been not been a good start for him, and really, he's a huge threat on the outside. That's a huge break for the Packers because he he probably will
2: not play. know, we were talking earlier about uh, injuries on Green Bay, and the Packers have maybe five of their top fourteen. Defenders out, or at least sideline on Wednesday and Thursday. It's no better over there. Give us the injury report.
1: Well, you know, the two best defenders, the three best defenders on the Lions are Darius Slay, DeAndre Levy, and Ziggy Ansah. Levy's not going to play. Ziggy's probably not going to play. Uh, like I said, Devin Taylor, who's on the other side at defensive end, really starting to come on. He missed practice today. Not sure if that's anything that anybody knew about, so that's interesting. We'll see what he, what happens on Friday with him. But linebacking-wise, right now, really, they only have two healthy linebackers. They signed John Bostick in the off offseason. He's hurt. Josh Bynes came back as sort of a fourth linebacker. He's hurt. Kyle Van Noy is back at practice, but I don't think he's a very good player. Um, Tier Whitehead's going to have to do a lot this weekend and, and man the middle, which he's been doing, and he's been playing pretty well. But he got beat on that go-ahead touchdown Sunday. Against the Titans on a play where he turns around and, and then he intercepts the ball, so they're they're very slim at linebacker and short. So if I'm Rodgers and the Packers and I might get the screen game going, uh, and the other thing too is get your tight ends going. If if Cook and Rodgers, Richard Rodgers are free, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a field day for the Packers. because the Lions linebackers are real and safeties have really struggled covering the tight ends the first two weeks.
2: Darius Slay is a heck of a good cornerback. Aaron Rodgers spoke very highly of him today as a. He called him a a star a guy a star corner as in a guy who follows the star receiver all around the field. Um, Glover Quinn's a terrific safety. What else is in the secondary? But you know what? Before I even say that, they didn't have anybody in the secondary last year either, and they still shot down the Packers. So what's what's the secondary outlook?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The big remember the big play last year at Lambo was made by that guy Cresden Butler who was signed off the street. Uh, he's no longer there, but I I like the Lions' corners and I think they've got something decent going there with with Slay and Nevin Lawson and Quandre Diggs. Uh, the corners aren't bad. Um, the other safety, you know, they, they let James E. Hedibow walk, so Glover Quinn now is is flanked by uh, Raphael Bush, who comes over from the Saints, and I think he has not done much yet. Um, so, you know, I'm not crazy about the other safeties. Uh, Miles is a rookie that I, I think should get some more time and play. Kind of a hard hitter late on mm-hmm. pick. But, uh, you know, I'm not overly concerned about the corners and the safety. I uh, safety plays okay. I I am my biggest concern is is linebackers covering the tight ends if I'm the Lions and if they gotta cheat a safety over in the middle of the field, um, somebody maybe will be on single coverage on the outside and that, that could be trouble, especially for Rogers. As you know, Bill and we talked about earlier, you know, he's just due to have a really good game and, and be comfortable back there.
2: Yeah, you know it's been a interesting season for for two games where the you know the two time MVP has just been out of sorts and he's on a streak of 14 straight without 100 passer rating and this guy entered the year with, with the all time record of 104.1. So when 104 was his average and he's not getting to 100, something's up. So he's due at some point. You think? I'm not sure. I'm not sure when it's going to happen though. Um, for you guys, for the for the Lions, how do the Lions win this game?
1: Well, I, I think they have to. There's going to have to be at some point in this game something that's junked up, meaning uh, you know, a, a kick return on a reverse you know, or, or a lateral play or, or, or going no huddle and, and, and doing an, and a half-back pass. I think the Lions have got to do some sort of – they've been very basic offensively other than the nerve the hurry-up offense and the, and the no huddle. But I think they've got to speed it up even more, and I do think they've got to take some chances. Uh, I think Jim Bob Cooter would want to do that, I'm not so sure that's Jim Caldwell's M.O., but it's junking it up, doing something to, to kind of take the crowd out early, whether, like I said, it's a halfback pass or Golden Tate on a jet sweep reverse or a double reverse, I think they've got to do something bold um, uh, because last year they should have swept that team uh, going back to the Hail Mary play. So uh, that I would expect, something, something a little bit out of the ordinary to kind of just throw off. Uh, the mojo there at Lambeau, because certainly the home fans are going to be excited. And as you pointed out to me earlier on Lockdown Lions, this is the first of four in a row for the Packers at home, so the crowd will be crazy. But I think that's something that the Lions have to do. And, and also, again, they've got to cover the tight ends. They've got to know where Jared Cook and Richard Rodgers are and, and limit that, because that's just that's been their Achilles heel. You know, third and eights, third and nines, when the crowd got into it last week against the Titans, and yet there's Delaney Walker open over the middle or – or, or some of the other Titans' tight ends. So that, that's that been a huge problem.
2: All right, Matt Derry from On Lions. Who do you got winning?
1: I think the Packers are going to win the game. I think the Lions are going to score some points. I think this is going to be a shootout. I, I wouldn't surprise me to see a 34-31, 37-31 type of game where Rodgers and the Packers you know, get back on the, on the right track offensively and guys are streaking down the field. But I think Matt Stafford and the Lions' offense is going to be very, very comfortable. Look, if Sam Bradford can pick apart Mandel and handle those guys, I don't see why Stafford can't either. I think the offense will score some points, but I think this is going to be a shootout. And without DeAndre Levy and Ziggy Onset, so I think that's going to be very, very difficult for the Lions to uh, to overcome Sunday. So I would say the Packers will win, but it will be a high-scoring game.
2: Very good, Matt. Matt Derry, locked on Lions. Packers fans, check him out. You'll have all the insight that you need to get ready for, ready for Sunday's game. Thanks, Matt. Enjoy the game. Thank you, Bill. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog.
0: Bye, goal.